Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Ari is back from vacation. I thought the conferences would have all rearranged themselves by now, but they're basically the same way they were when he left. Yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, there was a ton of speculation from what I heard. Um, saw some interesting reports out there. Uh, swim, yeah. swam, scoop swim, the world. swam. Who I thought was the cousin of Sir Yacht, but it turns out Andy had to tell me that it was a legitimate swimming publication. So, uh, honestly, the swimming in the SEC would be stacked. I mean, it would be happened. amazing. Um, but hey, uh, I could, you know, I, I don't know if we're doubling down on the on the sponsor of the podcast, but I could have used some of that that Z biotic. Uh, oh yeah, you know, in Palm Beach with the humidity and and everything like that. But it was uh, it was a good time. But I'm happy to be back. Well, I, I'm happy to be back too. I'm glad your wallet wasn't completely drained, and I'm glad that that you didn't. When they asked you if they wanted a floater in each of your beverages, you didn't say yes to every single one. Uh, I I had stayed at the place that Ari wound up staying a week earlier. I didn't. Uh, we didn't drink them completely out of alcohol, so they left a little for you, I, I assume. But yeah, it, you didn't miss. I don't think you missed that much. I know I missed a ton of recruiting news. You did. You did. There was a lot going on in the in the world of recruiting, which Mitch did a very good job on Stars Matter taking care of that. But not as much happened on the realignment front. And and I was talking to somebody who who usually knows things uh, late last week. And, and this person reminded me, a lot of these people are on vacation. Like a lot of these people had scheduled trips this happened and they were not here and they didn't necessarily come rushing back. So stuff still got to happen. Like you had Jack Swarbrick talking to Heather Denich the other day. So Jack Swarbrick is the AD at Notre Dame. He was talking to Heather Denich for ESPN and basically said, Notre Dame's not in any hurry to make a decision, which that's fine. Understandable. Notre Dame is, is the one school in all of this. that's in a position to dictate terms, to say, We'll make a decision when we're comfortable. And I think what Jack Swarbrick said is they've just got to analyze the stuff and figure out, are they going to have a path to the playoff? Are they going to have, you know, basically, will they be allowed to participate in big time college football if they are not a member of a conference in football? That's what they would like to evaluate. Yeah, I think that this round of realignment seems like it's going to be the realignment that shapes the sport moving forward. So I think it makes perfect sense from the people that are still in a position to make a move to take their time. Because if you make a move this time, you better hope it's the right one because it it seems like, you know, this is it. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me. And I saw that that Gary Barta said that um, the Big Ten might be waiting a little bit longer. And and that that makes sense. And, you know, because I do think that there was this overwhelming sense the day that USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten that it was just like, we're on a 24-hour clock now before Washington and Oregon make a move. You know what I mean? It seemed like everything was happening immediately. But, but you have to remember, if the if they, let's think about it logically. If the Big Ten wanted to take four when they took two, they would have taken four. Right. They, they, they would, that would have been done. It would have all leaked at once, and, and that then they would have announced it. So for Washington and Oregon, they weren't taking them then. Now, that doesn't mean they'll never take them, and it doesn't mean Washington and Oregon are definitely going to be where they are forever but it does mean they're not taking them at this moment so to think they would just turn around and take them in the next days or weeks that was a little bit premature but i do think something does need to happen sooner rather than later with 
the Big 12 and with the Pac-12. Now, the Big 12 doesn't have to do anything, but if the Big 12 would like to put itself on a little more firm ground, would like to potentially fatten itself up for a better media rights deal the next time around, they should be trying to take from the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 should be trying to ensure that Oregon and Washington stay, and maybe they try to take somebody good from the Big 12 to yeah, it, secure themselves. It kind of feels like a, a little bit of a tug-of-war here between those two conferences, right? Like like who's going to be able to win that that battle and, and survive? And I, I just like want, I want to know what your take is on this because I'm thinking about this when I saw that the Big Ten wasn't going to expand in the near future again. Like if you're Oregon, are you the, t- are you the program that's kind of feeling the most unsettled about everything that's happening right now? Like out of, out of every program in college football, I feel like Oregon's kind of just like out on an island right now. I have now. two, Oregon and Clemson. Clemson too? Because I think Clem- Clemson is sitting there going, we've done everything we're supposed to. We've built a national title contender. We have, we have spent, we have plowed resources into this thing. And now we're stuck in a situation where Indiana, Mississippi State, Purdue, Rutgers, Vanderbilt, their leagues are going to pay them double what our league is going to pay us, or maybe triple. Yeah, I think that there's two different ways of looking at it, though, right? You look at it from the financial standpoint, which is obviously huge for for each program and what's going on in, internally, but you also look at it in terms of positioning in the sport, and I think that at least Clemson doesn't have to feel like it's on an island in its own conference. I mean, there are other schools in that conference that have right. been Florida powers State, in the past. Miami, North that, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd much rather be in the same boat as Florida State, Miami, and North Carolina than just Washington and everyone else. So, yeah. like to me, like I, I understand that. Like Clemson is by far the most successful brand in the sport currently. That's not situated for the next twenty years to feel like, hey, if nothing changes, we're good. But I also think that Clemson has put itself in a position where it will automatically be considered long term if it gets to the super league point so right. the, se- the second it's possible they can get snapped up i don't think there's any any circumstance whatsoever that clemson isn't like one of the first three teams chosen when it comes to that so you know and they still get to play like let's say nothing changes for three years and the playoff changes like oregon is in a much worse spot as a result of this yeah so if nothing changes yeah what would you do if you were oregon and the Big Ten hasn't told you definitively no. Like, it, let's say you don't get a no never from the Big Ten. That the, it's theoretically possible down the road. What do you do? Am I allowed to say the last name of a girl I had a crush on in, in middle school? Sure. She's probably um, married. It might be different now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, so my first major crush, and it wasn't middle school, it was elementary school, I think, was a girl named Jenny Stein. Okay. And I asked her out to be my girlfriend in like third grade. Oh, that's like you carry your books from one class to another. That's what I don't mean. know. Whatever I thought it was, I just she was so pretty and I wanted to be her boyfriend. And whatever the You were shooting your shot from from birth, dude. <laughs> no, dude, I, I loved her. I, I was like obsessed with her. Um and I don't even know if she would remember this, but I remember this because it was the first time I ever asked a girl out. Um and she said no. And then I went home and I was devastated. And then the next day I came up with this plan. I said, and I went back to her and I said, how about you be my girlfriend for a week on a trial basis? (laughs) And if at the end of the week you don't want to be my girlfriend, then you can tell me no again. 
she agreed to this. And then after the week was over, she still did not want to be my girlfriend. So um, it didn't work out well for me. And that's the long story uh, short of me saying, like, I'm not sure what Oregon can do because there is no trial basis. And like sometimes what, what, you just have if, to like accept that you're not part of it right now. What if the Big 12 said, hey, we understand that change is a constant. You can come join us and we won't we won't make you sign a, a, a grant of rights. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the same thing as like if I were to ask out Jenny Stein again when I was 25, she might have like really wanted to do that. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen her since after high school. She didn't go to the same high school as me. So I mean, maybe she's like married and happily married and still beautiful and all the things that you would hope for her. But when I was 25, I think I would have had a better shot than geeky, geeky, like nine year old. Well, already. you had the hardest fade in the universe at 25. Yeah, so when I, I was 25, I was I was I was shooting a lot of shots. Um, there you go. Uh, so. But I don't know that Oregon should just sit there because I would worry in the Pac-12. And this is where I, I do wonder if you're the Big 12 and you got Brett Yormark, who's the new commissioner, who he's just getting plunged into this and got to figure out what to do. But do you, instead of going at Oregon and Washington, do you go at the next level of the Pac-12? Do you go at like Utah and Colorado? Or if you read my TV story and learn that Washington state people just love to watch. So Washington state is, is actually a probably a better expansion target than people realize. But, but do you go at the middle of the league? If you're the big 12, try to snag some of them. Yeah. And force Oregon and Washington to, then you have, then Oregon and Washington have no choice. I guess Oregon is by far the best property outside of Clemson and some of the ACC schools left, right? So, so if you go by the, if you go by audience, I, I did this TV story, and and we tr I tried to control for who's watching for whom, like because there's there's two teams in a game, you're not necessarily sure how many people watching are watching for one team and how many are watching for another. So to try to control for that, I took out all games against Big Ten. SEC or Notre Dame, all, all games involving any of those teams I took out. And so this, these were just games between teams of the ACC. Well, basically everybody but those conferences. So ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, American, Sunbelt, Conference USA, MAC. And I was surprised that it, it kind of shook out exactly the way we thought, except for Washington State. Um, you know, we I did a listing of how many of those games drew more than a million viewers. And, and there were 284 that did Clemson played in 34 of those Florida state, 31, Washington, 28, Oregon, 26, Miami, 22, Washington state, 21, Oklahoma state and Utah, 19. So those are your, those are your schools that the most people are tuning in to watch when there's not one of these big name brands from another Did you get the other about. numbers of the, of USC? Which, what do you mean, the other number? Like, is USC, did you get USC in that ranking at all, or did you only focus on the well, teams that weren't expanded yet? Right, the ones that weren't expanded. Now, like, I'm very I did curious or how USC would stack up to Oregon, just in well, that Well, I did Oregon's, it's interesting, because here, here I did do this. I did Oregon's audience, and I did Washington State's audience, because I was curious about Washington State, because they, they seemed like a little bit of a surprise. Oregon and Washington State's audiences didn't change because I, I had all their USC and UCLA game numbers too. So I did the median audience for all their games, including everybody they played, including teams that are going to be in the Big Ten and the SEC and all that. And their median number didn't change when you 
when you took UCLA and USC out from That's all the time for them. That is like, for example, Oklahoma state's median number dropped considerably when I took away Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah. Right. So because they're not the buoy. Well, but they also Oklahoma state's a weird case too, because they had like almost 20 games on, on FS one. And that historically just produces a lower rating than if they're on ESPN or ESPN two yeah. or so it's, it's a little hard to tell. It's a hard or, Oklahoma to state find. gets a good audience when they're on a good channel. Yeah. So like the thing about it is like Notre Dame seems to be in a position of strength, right? Because they are huge. They they are a well, they are um, I just mentioned the, yeah. I just mentioned those those one million plus viewer games, right? So yeah. in the six in the six year sample, Notre Dame played sixty eight games that were rated. Sixty seven of them had more than one million viewers. Yeah. Okay. So they're just a gold mine and they get to they get to kind of sit back and pick and choose how they want their destiny to unfold, and that must be a very fun thing to do for them. Yes. I wonder if Oregon is in a position of strength or a position of weakness because they are right now kind of the odd man out out there on the West Coast with with Washington. But if they are one of the more desired properties that are remaining for this expansion, you say, what would you do if you're Oregon? It's like, well, you can't – if you reach out to the Big Ten – then whatever semblance of loyalty, if there's even any left of the Pac-12 or the Pac-10, is completely tarnished at that point. And I don't think it matters to them, but that that would be tough. And it's like, if the Pac-12 is going to survive, like it cannot do it without Oregon. So right. I wonder like what that means for them as they they kind of weigh their next option. Like, Do they want to be the king of their own conference? I mean, like honestly speaking, Clemson has been the only show in town in the ACC for the past six years, for the most part. And there but have been Florida some flare-up. does numbers, even yeah, if they haven't right, been good. Right, but from a competitive standpoint, they've still yeah. not been hurt by the fact that the ACC's been predominantly bad over the course of the past right. five years. And like, it's like hard because I want to have a discussion about conference alignment that doesn't only pertain to how much money each program's making because I don't think fans care about that. Although that's what's driving the bus on how that's this what, works. That's, but that's why so it like, happens. It, yes, that, and that's yes. the frustrating so, like, It's like a weird fans. thing to separate because it's like, on one hand, it's like Clemson's not making as much money and, and they're not in the in the Big Ten or the SEC right now, which might kind of make them feel bad. But from a competitive standpoint, I think they're just fine. From right. a competitive can, standpoint, I don't know if Oregon is just fine. Yeah, and, and as long as the ACC is stuck together, I think Clemson's okay. But but the second the ACC is not stuck together, Clemson's going to be the first team that gets chosen. Yeah. Well, but the, if the ACC stays stuck together for the amount of time that the grant of rights lasts, Clemson's they, not going to be okay. Like yeah, the 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 schools they have to recruit against are regularly Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Florida, Auburn, Tennessee. All of those schools are going to be really kicking in the NIL money. The rules may change about what the schools can actually give the players. Right. It's a moving if target. If you're Clemson, you're sitting there looking at that and going, I don't know if we can handle 14 years of being. And 14 years with how much change we've had in the past 15 months is like literally eternity. It is. I mean, so 14 years ago was 2008. Think about that. I don't even remember what the sport was like back then. Kansas won the Orange Bowl. <laughs> I think they won that in 2007, but still. Yeah. 
It was it was it, <laughs> it was, was a perfect it was place to land. Though. when it happened. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. The the discussion that we're having here is about you know what teams are okay right now, but it is hard to project based on how the sport will change in 10 15 years. And if the ACC is stuck with this grant of rights situation, then like you said, it could be a completely different ball game for them in, in a decade. So yeah. I just don't know, like if you're Oregon or you're Clemson, like are these conferences even worth salvaging? Like, well, is there let, anything let to gain by the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-16, Pac-8 staying together? Let me let me ask you this, sorry, because the last time we had schools or conferences getting together for informal discussions about a loose arrangement, it was the Big 12 and the Pac-10 having informal discussions about potentially pooling their TV rights together and selling them as a block. And then through those discussions, Larry Scott gets the idea that, oh, if I just take half the Big 12, the good half of the Big 12, we're going to be rolling it in our next TV deal. And he almost pulled it off. What if you're the ACC? And this is, this is like, it's weird just saying this because it's, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have it's, to make sense anymore, Andy. So little makes sense now. Like, if you're the ACC, do you just try to take the best of the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what it is. If you had a conference with Oregon, Washington, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and the properties that they still have in the ACC, does that go toe-to-toe with the current Big Ten? I think you can make no. the case that it, it doesn't. Competitively, maybe. Competitively, Financially, yeah. not a chance. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, yes, like, don't I mean, you, but like, don't you have good. to, like, what has to come first? Like, if you are on par competitively, doesn't that lead to more money down the line in terms of no, desirability? They can, they can choke you out because they're going to have the better time slots, the better, the, the more money. Like, you're, remember, you're Mr. Stars Matter. Yeah. The stars are going to float to the money. Yeah. So, no, I know. that's yeah. the problem. Right now, as currently constituted, Sure. That would be a very competitive league. Yeah, it's just it's hard to. I mean, you have to make a decision based on where things will be in ten years now. And it's like and, with all the things that are going on, you have no on, idea where things will be in ten years. And it's like really hard to kind of to put that together because I think to myself like, well, hell, if you put Florida State, Clemson, Washington, Oregon, North Carolina. Did I say Florida State already? Like that you is did. a really desirably Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's in that Pitt. conference. You got in Pitt. Like it's not. It's a. It's a great conference. I'd watch all those games. But if it doesn't make sense financially, or you put yourself in a position to get choked out, as you put it, then it's all for nothing. And it's just like kind of like back to the original question that it I asked: does, Is is there even it, anything worth salvaging at this point? Right. It. Do, it also doesn't make sense geographically. Like at least with the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve is actually built itself out as a nationwide conference. The only thing it's missing is the actual West Coast. Like, they go to Provo, Utah now. Yeah, but the geography thing went out the window with USC and UCLA, right? It does, but at least they're somewhat connected. Like, the Big Ten already stretched from New Jersey to to Nebraska. This this one's a pretty drastic change. Right. The ACC... Even if it's not... Like, I don't know how to put this because you know how bad I am at like um, trying to estimate mileage between two places. You're terrible but at it, yes. I feel like the difference between Nebraska and 
Rutgers is not nearly as dramatic as the different distance between like Lincoln and LA. And maybe it's actually the middle point and they're very similarly far away. If only we mean, like, had apps on our phones. But that I don't could care about the this- mileage. That's not the point I'm making. Who cares what the mileage is? It's just a different planet out there. You know what I mean? Like, and you're talking about Rutgers to Nebraska. I feel like Nebraska and Rutgers have far more in common than Nebraska and, and USC. Does that does that even make any sense? They at all? do. I don't feel I mean, like don't they know. have anything in common. I don't know. Maybe it's because they've been in the same conference for so long. They seem to be united. All right. But well, one thousand two hundred eighty-six miles from Lincoln to Piscataway. Keep that number in your head. What is 1, it? One thousand two hundred. 1,286. Okay. Uh, 1,501 from Lincoln to Los Angeles. So it's well, about that's, that's, it's marginal. A little that's over whatever. 200 more. It's not that big of a deal. It's a few hours. Yeah. And those extra 200 miles, you get Palm Springs. So, you know, how <laughs> exactly. bad is it? Uh, well, and if you're on a plane, it's an extra 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't know. I just think culturally. Like, does, there, does it matter or is it only just distance? It's just distance. It's not. That's a, all that matters? Culturally, do you think the ACC is a cultural match? Yeah, I guess not. Like Florida State and Louisville, not really the same as Syracuse and Boston College. And Duke. And Duke. And Virginia and North Carolina. So it's just like the entire idea of conference and the way that we used to look at it is just gone. It was gone before alignment, but now it's really gone. Because now it's not even about cultural. It's not about distance. It's not about nothing. Like the group of these these teams being grouped together for no reason at all, other than how much money they can get in a TV deal. Mm-hmm. So it's like back in the day, the conferences used to be geographical. They used to be cultural. You know, it used to be like a group of like-minded schools competing against each other. And now it's just like a like a, a lunch plate where somebody slops some sloppy joes on there, and it's like that fits. Okay, let's get some potatoes on there. And it's like slap no, it, it together. And doesn't even it's make like any it's sense. like you got sloppy joes and then escargot and yeah. then like ice cream a completely uh, yeah completely different (laughs) cuisine from somewhere else like it is it's that's probably the best description i've heard of it you're right but that's what it is that is what the sport has been heading toward and i think that kind of sucks to be honest it does it does it's not as much as a consumer of the sport i like the I, I know it used to annoy everybody in the Big Ten, but it's like I like the SEC chance. That used to mean something. Like it used right. to mean it, it means more. Like the South versus the rest of the country. Like that is cool. Pac-12, like West Coast. We're bringing the West Coast back. Every time a, a five-star kid committed to a Pac-12 program it meant something. Now it's just like a hodgepodge of just craziness that nobody even can reconcile at this point. Yeah, there's there, there's a reason there's not an NFC chant or an AFC chant. Yeah, there's no, of course, geography is what made the, the regional aspect of the sports what made it beautiful. Now, you still kind of have that, I guess, with the SEC and the Big Ten, but you don't have it in the same way because they've made it clear that they are going to Bigfoot everybody else. So it's, it's not going to be a situation where they're going to say, well, we want the schools of the big 12 to have the same experience that our schools have. They don't want them to have the same experience. You know what it's like? It's like buying a shitty house and then um, tearing it down, but keeping the front doorway there and then building a whole new thing around it and keeping the original doorway. It's like, it's not the original house as much as you want it to be, you know? And it's just like, you're going to have to get used to 
the new house. And we will, you know, the way that it changes and things change in the sport and become normal. Like when Nebraska joined the Big Ten, I was like, well, that's really weird. And then now it just Nebraska's like the Big Teniest Big Ten program there is. Why? Well, I, I always <laughs> so, thought yeah. they, they fit in fairly well with with your yeah. or Maryland your or whatever, and you know. your your Illinois and your your Iowas. They, it always they, it always feels weird, and then at a certain point, it's just going to be. I mean, eventually, AFC, NFC, and college will feel normal. Yeah, and look, you're still going to like it when you get to see Tennessee play Texas. That sounds like a fun game between two schools that we always think are back, but aren't, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or, or when USC plays Michigan state, that's going to be fun. So I, I like the fact that these guys are creating leagues where it's going to be blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster. And you're going to be seeing that every weekend of the season, but I just don't like seeing some very fun programs getting shunted into, you know, toward a, a, what looks like a different subdivision. I read a That's, column a few weeks ago and I don't for the life of me remember who wrote it, but if you wrote it and you're listening, go to column. It was kind of just the idea of how, how the money brokers in the sport are chasing money as much as they can through these television contracts and doing whatever they can to get the most robust television deal all while not taking into account what anybody who makes the viewership of these so insane, um, not taking their opinion at all and wondering whether or not at the end of the road, they're going to end up with less money and less viewership as a result of people becoming disenchanted. See, but it, this is, this is the thing though. You say they're not taken into account and the people complaining say that their p- opinions aren't being taken into account. But here's the thing. What people say they will watch or consume and what people actually watch or consume, usually two very different things. That's right. Like when people so, said they weren't going to watch the NBA finals anymore and then they like broke exactly. the ratings. Right I, I, yeah. I, I'm done with the NFL. The NFL's ratings go up. Like it, you can say it all you want. They have it down to the minute how much you watch, how much each age group watches, how much each gender watches. Like they know. It's science. Yeah. Yeah. So when they say we want to add USC because we think that's an additive to the Big Ten, it's because Fox has said when we put USC on our air, the needle moves. Yeah, and you can say this is a bad analogy. I don't like that, but you, you, history has shown you'll watch it. This is a bad analogy, maybe, but I want you to tell me if you think it is a good one. So did you listen? Do you like Drake? Do you listen to his, his music? I don't know what you like. I, I we talk about Death Row records sometimes, so I don't know if you're like yes. into hip hop. music. No, I listen to a lot of hip hop. Did you listen to his latest record? I did not. It I was awful. It was like hip hop. <laughs> it wasn't even remotely close to anything that he has has produced on a grand. So he scale was he wasn't past. whining the whole time. I mean, it wasn't rap music. So <laughs> whatever it was, apparently it was it was a. Is it, it is it is it like Kanye's uh, auto tune phase? Where he, he was saying, Kanye did it too. I don't know. When Kanye made Jesus, I was off the Kanye wagon and never got back on. So there are certain thought processes that when these albums get made, they're trying to capture a new audience or to expand their audience base, right? Mm-hmm. But by doing so, they alienate everybody that loves their music, right? And I'm wondering, and like if Drake now goes off into Kanye land and doesn't make any good records anymore, it just continues to make a bunch of this teenager stuff that you can play at a prom. 
to try to get more money if he's going to cost himself his fan base. And of course, there's people who are already programmed, and it's a perfect example of that because there's people who are programmed to like everything can, can that I Kanye puts out no matter of, what. Can I give you an example of someone from hip hop who who did that and and lost the respect of their original fans and made a buttload of money? Who? Pitbull. Oh, I, go I don't back know. and listen I, I, to I, I, early Pitbull. Early Pitbull would not be played on the radio. You couldn't bleep enough words out. And eventually, he made a business decision to stop being Mr. 305 and start being Mr. Worldwide. Was was and Pitbull, the Mr. 305, one of the most decorated like rap artists of all time? Like I mean, like I, he made but, pop music that made. I mean, I don't know anything about early hip hop. But he was Pitbull, he was so beloved. I, like his original early albums were beloved. In South Florida, they were gritty. They were, they they were what you know what grownups would listen to. But Pitbull was like, that's never going to get played on the radio. So I know, but Drake was making the music that everybody loved and was on number one charts. Like it wasn't well, like he had to change to made, survive. He may be making an artistic choice. What these guys are doing it's is what garbage. Pitbull did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like if it's a, if maybe it's a bad analogy, but I wonder like if Drake goes into this descends into this world of I'm going to make this like dance hall music or whatever that was. I'm not going to listen to his new music anymore. Well, so you, like you two, like you two had Zuro, the Zuropa phase, which was kind of, ugh. and then they got back to, to making anthems like they understood. But, then, but the, the analogy I think that you're saying is, is that when Kanye stopped making records, that sounded like college dropout and started making records that are like, Christian gospel music or Jesus or whatever, all this new stuff that he puts out. There are certain Kanye fans who are programmed to they're like out. it no matter what. And oh, there right, are certain right. pro and, and I think probably the majority of Kanye fans like are like, this is the greatest musical mind of our generation. He's a genius, whatever. And I was like me, I'm like, no, thank you. I'm out. And I haven't listened to it anymore, but maybe yeah. it was still the right thing to do. And maybe that's what's like, but you know, maybe college football isn't changing that drastically. My, either, well, my, we're my still gonna get analogy is, He's trying to get the casuals. He's trying to get the mall. And that's what these people are doing. They're trying to get the casuals. They they know But they the are also alienating a ton of, of fans that I know. Like so like Washington State fan is like the original Pitbull fan. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. And like he's not going along for the if, ride if, of hey, yeah. If the original yeah, that's not yeah, what he's going for. The original Pitbull fan drank every ounce of fireball in a town when they played a road game there. That, that would be them. No, but I'm saying, like, who are the original Pitbull fans? All of these power five programs yeah, in the West Pac-12 Virginia fans. And, yeah, yeah. Arizona State fans. Who want hardcore I'm gonna go listen to early hip uh Pitbull because I've never heard any of that music before. But like now they they don't like if you're a Big Ten or an SEC fan, you're just like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. is that him? That's him. And they're all pumping their fist. And then like West Virginia yeah. is like, where did the hip hop go? Exactly. Exactly. So, but I guess everybody will still watch it and everybody likes, Hey, Hey, Hey. I mean, when, when it plays you, you bop your head to it, but it, yeah, I think I'm a, lose I'm a Washington people. state fan. I'm a West Virginia fan yeah. in this scenario. Yeah. You're going to lose some people with this. And those are the people that I love are part of the sport. I know. And I'm going to miss them. We'll be right back after these words. We talked about this last week a little bit, but I do think if they will, if they can figure out a way to make those people feel like their team still have a chance, that there's still a place at the table for them, maybe not financially, but at least 
in terms of access to the postseason, which is exactly how basketball works. But as by you the way. said earlier, though, too, if you kick out the legs financially in basketball, you could still make a run. Who was the team that just made a, a run? Well, St. Peter's beat Kentucky. Saint, yeah, St. Peter's uh, entire yeah. basketball budget for the year was less than one year of Coach Cal's contract. Like, yeah. I think that 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 could happen in basketball. That cannot happen in football. No, and and that's that's part of the issue. But it's it's gonna it's gonna happen whether we want it to or not. And yeah, I would I I really do wish they'd get on with it. Just rearrange how you're going to rearrange and get this over with. Like, do you find I know what if cloud entertaining? Like, do you find this like period of our podcasting? Where we talk about speculation. Briefly spe- entertaining, and then I get really tired of it really fast. And I'm like, when can we start talking about games? Well, I'm just wondering, like, do you want five years of this? No. I, wa- I want, happen, like, right? five weeks of this. Let's get it over with. Well, that's not going to happen. I know. I know. I wish. Yeah. But I do think probably sooner rather than later. I think by the time all of these leagues would have been getting to their new TV deal. So like 2025 and, and honestly before they can in earnest discuss what the postseason is going to look like, they probably need to have some idea what the leagues are going to look like. And they are supposed to get together. You can't do one without the other, right? Right. They're supposed to get together next month and do that. But how do you do that? I don't know how you do that. I mean, at this point, Greg Sankey and Kevin Warren could just get together and be like, guys, here's what we're doing. Who would stop? How would you stop well, what them? Kind of, what kind of playoff could you design that would be that would fit any type of change? Actually, the thing they they suggested would kind of give that access that would allow you to feel like th- those teams were all still part of the fabric. Well, so break that down. So 12, 12 team playoff. Okay. Six highest ranked conference champions automatically get in. Okay, but like that's that you've already lost me. No, you don't want that. No, I just I don't know how it would work. It's not that I don't want it. I don't understand how it would work if there's two or three conferences. Well, there would be more than two or three conferences. So you so you're going to give you're going to wait the so let's just say in a world where there's a super conference uh, SEC mm-hmm. and a super conference Big Ten, you're going to give four other random conferences the same equity in the automatic bid world as those two? That doesn't make any sense. If you would like to not lose the original Pitbull fans, yeah. That would be a watered-down, shitty playoff. Okay, well, then you you want those conferences to go away. I don't want them to go away, but they should have two or three spots. You just said you don't want all this stuff to happen. I just gave you a way they can feel like they're included. No, I know, but I don't want that. It doesn't make any sense, though. You can't, like, that's the thing. It's like... Okay, I want them so included, just, but that you doesn't just mean explain why they do everything they do. Like you, our viewer Ari Wasserman, just told everybody why these people do what they do. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I don't like the thing is that there's a difference between two spots and four automatic bids because you're going to give more automatic bids to conferences that have bad teams than you are to the te- conferences that have the good teams. So that, like in that case, then Oregon should want to stay in their own conference for, the, for national championship race. They're going to want money, the money okay. so they don't get so they can be in a conference where if they win it, they can actually win the national title, and not get smashed. St. Peter's was never going to win the national title. Did St. Peter's being in the tournament was that additive to the tournament, or did it subtract from the tournament? I don't like when you compare the football to basketball. 
It's it added to it completely, and I think St. Peter's actually in, in, had, within the realm of possibility, a chance to win the national title. They did not. They had no chance. Like because like they got to they got to the they point couldn't where they win were, six. They could not have won six games in a row. How they many did they never win, in win a row? six games in a row? Did they win four in a row? Yeah, that's not six. No, I know, but like that's. I mean, it's hard to win six if you're Kentucky. So I mean, the fact that they won four in a row, I think, is literally they won like, three. They got to the, the three. Elite eight. They didn't. They, you got to win but, four to get to the final four. Well, I, the, the question I was asking too, it's like, and if it like came out that way. Then I would be fine with it. Like that, it is what it is. You, you want to talk about global buy-in? What, what you're buy-in. saying is you want to play off from those those two conferences. No, That's, what I'm saying is is that you can't you can't create. I think I'm making the point that you tried to make, which is there is no uniform way of expanding the playoff right now without knowing what the conferences are going to look oh, like. Oh, absolutely the, the not. The plan that you just mentioned is not a good plan. You can well, still keep those people in in the. You could give two automatic spots to all the remaining conferences, and they're still very bought into the playoff system. Yeah, it's just you don't want to alienate the third best team in the in the new SEC because you have an automatic bid for Oregon State. Like that, just right. wouldn't make any sense. Well, you you also make the point that I think I was trying to make and, and made very poorly. You don't know how many conferences are going to be. Now, I'd say you can adjust that number of automatic bids. But you you figure it out, whatever it is going to be, and also or like or you could create a playoff that gives automatic bit like it's a twelve team playoff. Mm-hmm. Why don't you finish the rest of it? Okay, so we have six, and then I'll, I'll poke holes in it and and come up with solutions. Well, for how I we mean, can we, make all, it we all home. know what the plan was. It was six yeah. six highest ranked, six at large. Would and the six they, at large were be, chosen by a committee. Yeah, would you have to be a would you have to be a conference champion to be in the top four? I know the SEC has said they won't support that the next time. So around. I think what you could do is you could make that. You could you could say, you know what, we're going to twelve. We're not gonna sit back and wait for the expansion to finish. We're going to twelve as it pertains um to the way that the sport is set up right now. We'll have six automatic qualifying spots uh for the top rated if a uh, league goes away maybe we take one then away. we then we have a floating revolving door of how many automatic bids for conference champions there are but we're still going to keep it at 12 which might make you a four like at the end of the road you could have four automatic bids instead of six mm-hmm. and then a committee that would give you the other eight which would keep the committee aspect to it and i think that would make sense yeah yeah i think that would be interesting even if you did four, I think it would make people feel pretty included. I think that's what I was just trying to say. I didn't yeah. want to say like I, I didn't make sense to me that four of the six in a world yeah. where there's two conference okay. or well, super let's, conferences let's would make sense. But you can like, compromise that. Yeah, let's compromise. Let's make it four automatic bits. I, I think I can live with that. I would live with that. And eight at larges. And eight at larges, which gives you plenty of opportunity if you're a really good team in a super conference to still get in. Now I would not only give the conference champs a buy in that scenario. You could be a conference champion in a non-Super League conference and still have to play the first game. Right. And I'll tell you why. Because if you give the best four teams a bye, then that conference champion from the the non-Super conference that is probably going to be an underdog, they have a lot less chance of getting smashed by whoever they're going to play. And it might actually have a chance to win. They might win a game. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with that and it keeps everybody bought in and it's not as lopsided yeah. as the other way. So, yeah. and then that also too leaves you with a potential to shift uh, around what you'd want to do as it pertains to whether the conferences are going to exist or not. And also too, 
I think you can make a case that in that playoff system, if there are two super conferences and the teams that were just like the West Virginias and the Oregon States and the Washington States of the world might actually have a more uh, possible path to the playoff than even exists right now. I, I would agree with that. And also, the way we just talked about setting it up, you could make a little run. You might win a couple games and get to a semifinal. And like, yeah, that's you still possible. be really awesome. Like Cincinnati wasn't a part of the game this year, but they forced their way in. Yeah, you could force yeah, your way were, in. And maybe if you force your way in as a postseason arrival, what if you get in as somebody who didn't give you a shot in hell and then you get your St. Peter's thing? Yeah, you get your St. Peter's thing. Oh, well, I mean, that instantly makes that event more popular. Like people love that stuff. How many like one loss or two loss conference champions in the past seven years can you come up with off the top of your head that didn't make the four team feel but would have been awesome to watch in the playoff? Well, I can think of some non conference champions. Like, yeah, imagine that that aren't Georgia or Ohio State or teams that were already really good. Yeah, just random two thousand twelve Texas A and M. Yeah, right. At the end of that season. Yeah, I would love to see that. So I'm all for that, and and you know. It's interesting because this is this is like a, a chicken egg thing that we don't know which is going to like we'll get an answer whether it's the chicken or the egg. But but we don't know yet whether it's going to be the playoff or the alignment that comes first. Yeah, that was a fun that was a fun discussion. I liked thinking about that. But well, like I, I am like Mr. Anti-inclusion four months ago. Yeah, is never been more pro inclusion in his life. Right. Like, and, I've, and that's I've completely thing, I shifted think, my stance on that. I think when they get together to talk playoff, listen, Greg Sankey and Kevin Warren are the most powerful people in that room. At the end of the day, whatever, if they agree on something, that's what's going to happen. But I think if they are smart about this, if they want to make sure they have the biggest tent possible so that, because again, I think you're right. If the fans of West Virginia, Oregon State, Washington State, Arizona State, you know, Texas Tech, all of those fans. If they feel like they're not included at all, then they're not going to want to watch Ohio State USC. But if they feel included, they're going to want to watch any big game that's on. And you think that Cincinnati fans last year cared that they didn't play a Power 5 schedule? No. They don't care. They got to play and they got to see their awesome team match up against Alabama at the end of the year. And watching that game was the payoff. I know. That's why I don't, I know you don't like me comparing football and basketball, but this, that's what makes the that's what is smart about the basketball tournament because they let in teams that we know have no shot to win the national title, but they are there for our entertainment I think and the for the entertainment I, of people throughout the year. I push back on the St. Peter's example is that St. Peter's equivalent of football right. isn't any power five. But we're team. not we're like, not going that far down. Yeah. Yeah. So like who's a cool like I would like it like Washington State. Let's say Cam Ward comes into Washington State this they're year. That's awesome. And and lights it up and and that often like Max Olson has told us a million times like they're going to be the the fun team that you want to watch all year, and so let's say they have a great year, they win the Pac-12, maybe maybe they get into the the fourteen playoff, but in that scenario, if they won whatever league they were in, whatever league Washington State ends up in, and probably be one of those leagues that would have an auto bid, then they're in. Yeah, and you got a team like Washington State who averages 51 points a game in in the Pac-12 or the Pac-10, the the new, and then they go into a game and they play a, a eight-versus-whatever seed game against a team that's beatable and they're a 10-point dog and win that game. That's certainly within the possibility. 
Yeah. They're not going to beat Alabama, but they could still make a run and it could be fun. Yeah. And exactly. also, I think it would still make me want to watch that conference. If I knew and that if you're a Washington a, State fan, it would make you want to watch Alabama Auburn still to, to size up them to see, yeah. hey, can we hang with those guys? There's a, there's exactly. a level of interest there. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm 100% bought in, and I think we just saved the sport, really. <laughs> I hope we did. I, ho- I hope somebody was listening, and I, I, I do hope that the people in charge have – I know they've talked about this. I hope that's where they're thinking, where their heads are at, because if you make this into an entire money grab – Listen, I want to see the good games that they're building in the Big Ten. I want to see the good games that they're building in the SEC. I'm excited about those. But do not just cut off all those people. Don't do it. You can make more money by not doing that. And I want to be interested in watching their games, too. Yes. It's not just about, like, I'm a, I'm a, anybody who listens to this podcast or knows anything about how I view recruiting, I am a sucker for a good five-star, and I am a sucker for a very talented roster. I still want to have a reason to watch West Virginia play Oregon State. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'll still watch it anyway. I watch Mac. Well, and, and you've, stuff, you've like heard I, me on this yeah. show a million times. I think the new lineup for the Big 12 is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for those games. I think if the Big 12 is, is smart and aggressive, the new lineup may be a little bit bigger. I mean, <laughs> we all loved watching Coastal Carolina, and they weren't in the national title discussion. So, Absolutely. like, there is some, there is a little wiggle room there for sure. Yeah. Yep. So, if, if, if we can make any requests of the powers that be, you know, dear, dear Greg and Kevin, please don't cut everybody out. except your leagues. Don't do that. You'll make more money with a little bit bigger tent. Cause you'll make more on the postseason. And you know, cause look, the idea of an sec only tournament, a big 10 only tournament where their champions play each other. I mean, you really could do that, but I, w- I hope they don't. Yeah. No, I, d- I don't either. We get the NFL already. We don't need it again. No, but but the problem is, and I we talked about this the other day. I was talking about this with, with Nicole on the show. The NFL is a very popular product. It is a more popular product than college football. So they're just looking at it and going, well, everybody loves this. Why wouldn't they love it in a different way? <laughs> yeah. So... That, that's the I mean, problem, no matter what they come up with, we're still going to love it. It's college football. We're still going to love it. Well, I, I hope so. I, I think I so, too. So. I, I think so, too. I am excited about the games. I really am because it like just the idea that you could have a regular season schedule for Georgia that include, you know, obviously it's going to include Florida. It's going to include Georgia Tech, but it's also going to include Texas might be Alabama and LSU the same year. Can you, like, have, you ever awesome. stop to think like if like then who knows what non-conference games are going to look like at that point. There will be fewer of them, I guess, but like a schedule where Alabama has to play LSU, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, whatever. Okay. And you have yeah. that crazy schedule. If the committee in 2030 has to compare teams that all have four losses, how, how do you even do that? Like you think about like how hard it is now when you're like comparing yeah. one loss versus one loss or undefeated versus one loss. Like imagine if you have all this extra information now that, that you have to participate in and you know, how do you even parse through all that stuff? It, it it's going to be interesting and our expectations of success are going to have to change. Right. Because there will be some time at some point a team that goes undefeated through something like that, but it's not going to happen that often. 
Yeah, it's like you have to. We're going to have to accept that the national champion of college football could have a three loss record. Just doesn't bother me. Yeah, like I, it doesn't bother me because I don't care if they play good games. Like if it's good on good, that's what I want. And if that causes good teams to lose, oh well. Like, but if you have five I, teams with four losses at the end of the year that you're comparing, I don't even know how you do that. Yeah, and that's and that's where you're going to have. The SEC and the Big Ten are going to go, well, we could make it a little more objective by just having our own playoff. But also, in a world where you have 12 spots, you've got more margin for error. That's exactly right. And look, whoever's number 13 is going to be pissed. That's just going to happen. But but you feel way less bad for 13 than you do for five. I mean, look, we're, we're thinking of this in terms of it has to be 12. It doesn't have to be 12. It could be 16 if you wanted to. You know, could you, ima- could you like, imagine like how many heated arguments you and I have gotten in over the last two years of just like who should be the fourth team in? Like yeah. how insane this podcast is going to be if we're like, well, they lost to this team and then they lost to that team and they lost to this team. You're telling me that the team that lost to those four teams is better the than the team that, that lost to The one that was going to make my teams? head explode was when in 2020 when USC was still undefeated before they lost to Oregon in the title game. And you just kept saying, well, they, you got to consider them. They're undefeated. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you have to consider them until they lose. Yeah. I'll die on that hill. Well, I, I know you do. And, and I just, I knew if they kept playing long enough, they would. So I wasn't, wasn't right, particularly which worried takes about care it. of itself. But I thought yeah. it was disrespectful to not even include them in the discussion. So will we get in a forceful argument over 12 versus 13? Here's yes. the thing about 16. I don't think 16 accomplishes what we were talking about with 12 and uh, with 12 because 16, one has to play 16. I don't want to see one play. 16. No, I think 12 is the sweet spot. Yeah. I want to see one play the winner of eight. I mean, nine. I have a hard time with 12, to be honest, like the scarcity of the spots is what makes this so exciting. But in a, in They're a still scarce though, compared no, I know, to any other sport. Now, if you're having a, an NFL schedule for these teams where they could lose half the games on their schedule, like it's like if you look at Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State's schedule, there literally are only two or three games that they could even possibly lose on that on on their right. schedule. If you add that number, like if you go back and you look, and I, I think I, I looked this up like a few months ago, and I was having a discussion with a friend, but like Urban Meyer's record during his seven years at Ohio State was insane. I think he lost seven. It's absurd, games. yeah. But I think he's like 500 in games where it was good on good. Right. Like, like, it, well, and the so Jim like, Harbaugh. You, yeah. Like, did, wasn't last year the first time they won as an underdog? Yeah. So, like, if you, if you start thinking about, like, what if, like, Kirby Smart has to play seven games out of the 12 or 13 that he's playing? Bring it on. That, because, yeah. Guess what that means? You know, all those people who said an expanded playoff would ruin the regular season? You just said there's going to be better regular season games. Better regular season games. But you just told me that. Lower. But the games will be better, but the stakes will be lower. So what, what do you want? You want a more... Cause not I like want a good a, game! But you think there's a lack of good games right now? Yes. We're on the edge of our seats every week talking about the craziest stuff that happens all the time. And I don't, no. we don't have to like delve deep in, into this, this. We've had this argument five times. I want four of those times, games in a, in every, on every Saturday. Everybody likes watching the big-time NFL game between the Chiefs and, and whatever team mm-hmm. they're playing in Week 11. Right. The loser of that game, it's just like, that was a fun thing to watch. It doesn't, like, 
Yeah, you know how many people watch that game, Ari? Yeah, no, I know. You're there's a disagreement between how many people will watch it and the fun that currently exists by the team that loses it having their souls crushed. Like that's like so like yeah, people are gonna watch it. If you're arguing, I don't for everything, watch to gonna... see somebody's soul get crushed. I watch to see a good game. No, I watch because of the stakes. It's like the bachelor, who's gonna get eliminated. But you're gonna get your stakes. Yeah. You'll also get all those stakes. Like those stakes well, will it happen. Will, it will create a playoff system where the games in the playoff will be better too. Yes. If all these teams are already playing each other, like who wins the playoff hopefully won't be as cut and dry as it is now. Well, I hope we've made everybody feel better about the new world. I don't know if we did or not. Speculating is fun, but it is exhausting. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't know if these guys will do this. I don't know if they will go get together and say, we don't want to isolate these two conferences. We would like this to be a bigger tent. Or will they get together and and Kevin Warren and Greg Sankey are like, listen, guys, you had your chance. We own everything now. We're gonna we're gonna take what we want from you and you can go. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. We both know what we hope happens. Yes. Yep, and we'll see. And Ari, I think uh unless somebody takes somebody this week, you know what we need to do this week? What's that? Let's talk about actual football. Okay, let's do it. I think let's it's do time. a random ranking, too. Yes. Yes. I like it. So, when I was in a bar in Florida last week, I just want to tell mm-hmm. you this before we go. Yeah, go for it. I like because I've gotten really good at lunging lately, and that's a very imp- at, important At lunging? Yeah, like with your at, legs. At lunging or lunging? I've been great at lunging for my entire life. I'm, I'm okay. getting better at lunging. Okay. And when I was very, very intoxicated in Florida at a bar uh, last week, I decided to lunge on the dance floor. Okay. And I was wearing loafers and it was wet on the floor, but that's not the excuse. But I fell and Britt got video of it. Did you do a split? It was like the most ungraceful, like embarrassing thing ever. And Britt posted it Um, and it's gone now. But I wanted to I wanted to offer that to you. Oh, no, I yes. have the video, but yes. I want to offer it to you as a bet, as a uh, as a. Oh, I'm collateral. going to week one now. I, I'm I'm looking up the week one lines right now. So next week, <laughs> let's make a let's make a week one bet, and I'll put. That, oh no no no! Video up. week zero. This week is zero. This bet. is a Nebraska Northwestern bet. I don't know what the what, what then, side we're going to come down on, but yeah, it's me looking like a complete and utter slob, and I was truthfully embarrassed. I and I will it. offer that up to our audience and to you uh, as a uh, you, we will release it into the video and we will use it in the teaser on Twitter if I lose. So I'm just All trying right. to I'm just trying to get the competitive juices flowing going. Into I, the love season. I love it. I love it. So we need we need to both get our Phil steals out and figure out how we feel about Nebraska Northwestern in Dublin week zero. I'm not and betting Nebraska in week zero. I don't care who they're playing. <laughs> All right. We'll make it. We'll we do a week one year. bet. We will do a week one bet. Okay, fine. That's Nebraska fine. could be playing nobody, and I'm not taking Nebraska. Uh, but, yeah, we'll uh, yeah we'll come up with stuff. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to do these bets with you every oh, week. And man, I, I honestly, I can't wait to get you on the dance floor. Right? See, the, the I've thing got I'm moves. Most, I'm not. I know. I'm not I'm sure you do. You shoot I your just, shot, man. I don't know why I decided to lunge while like 14 drinks deep after being at the pool all day at like midnight 
But you've been working out. You feel I like you got to get a little. Like, hey, they, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I wasn't, I, my, wasn't my best moment. I'm not good at lunging sober, so I'm sure not going to try it 14 in. I'm a big man. It's not easy, but I'm trying to get yes. good. I, listen, we will uh, we will lunge on the dance floor. We will get all this. We're, we're we got some plans for this fall. This this is going to be a very, very fun podcasting fall for for you and me, Ari. So uh, there may be some lunging and dance floors involved. I'm just just throwing that out there. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm game for whatever, bud. All right. Listen, schools, just get this over with. Figure out where you're going to be. Figure out what conferences you're in. Let's do this. Let's start the healing we would process. Like, yeah, we would like to start talking about football soon. We will talk to you. Soon.